Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference, on News Radio 1120, KMOX. And we go immediately to the celebrity guest line where we're joined by Scott McFarland, CBS congressional correspondent. Scott, thanks so much for joining us with KMOX here in St. Louis. Good to be here. This is ending the news week with more than a bang, but a. And, and, and atomic bomb. Yeah, well, yesterday, a whole day obligation here in St. Louis was opening day, and right in the midst of opening day, the news came out yesterday that President Trump was indicted. Seemed to blindside everyone, including the Trump team. Yeah, there was surprise at the timing. Nobody knew the timing, and it showed yesterday because everybody was flat-footed. Um, this possible arrest or the processing of Donald Trump is now expected Tuesday to start off next week. Um, it's possible he makes the trip up to New York City on Monday from Florida. Um, but what happens next? What happens after that is anybody's guess, because we haven't seen this indictment. It's sealed. How many charges? What specifically are the charges? What specifically are the allegations? We don't know any of that yet, but perhaps no surprise, that hasn't stopped strong reaction from all players in the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. Republicans circling the wagons, defending the former president, calling this a political prosecution. Democrats saying no one's above the law, that we have to trust the system. But nobody has seen the charges yet. Yeah, everybody's posturing. I was surprised the rumors are that there's 30-plus charges here. That seems like that could go beyond the Stormy Daniels investigation. And local prosecutions are harder to measure because oftentimes in the local criminal system at a state or a county or a city level prosecution, there can be some overlap or redundancy in charges. The federal government's a little different when they prosecute you. Usually there's a more narrowly tailored indictment, but all this is a mystery and all this is a guessing game. And it's it's nevertheless a pressure-filled moment for all involved because with multiple investigations underway, not just in New York, but here in Washington, a grand jury investigating January 6th, a grand jury investigating the Mar-a-Lago records seizure, and in Fulton County, Georgia, the grand jury, which worked for months investigating the efforts to overturn that 2020 election result, somebody had to go first if there's going to be one or more prosecutions. And it is now clear the Manhattan District Attorney is going to go first. So Scott McFarland is our guest. He covers a congressional beat for CBS News. And you're there in the Capitol. I'm sure the Capitol was quite uh, taken by surprise yesterday with this indictment. Uh, what are some of the leaders in both parties saying publicly at this point? There's two different ways to answer that question. First, the, the boring way. Um, Republicans are circling the wagons defending Donald Trump. Democrats are not doing so. That's what we expected. The more interesting prism to view this is the difference between the U.S. House and the U.S. Senate. House Republicans have been especially vitriolic in their defense of the former president. In fact, three House committees, all run by Republicans, have started an investigation of the Manhattan District Attorney um, to further amplify these criticisms of the prosecution. In the Senate, Republican leaders are silent and have been guarded in their comments about Donald Trump. Some of the rank-and-file senators, some of the Republicans have championed Trump, but the leadership, Mitch McConnell, the uh, majority whip, John Thune, have certainly not. And that silence is deafening because they hold great weight in their party, and they obviously hold great weight in the Senate. 
Yeah, and the politics of this are very interesting. Obviously, well, the, the historical significance of it is what it is. We've never had a former or current president indicted before. Uh, but the politics of this would seem, at least initially and early on, to benefit Donald Trump's quest to become the GOP nominee for president. Don't know how it helps him or affects him with the general electorate. Probably not great. But at least in the short term, in terms of getting the GOP nomination, uh, he may get a bolster uh, out of this. Yeah, I mean, we have no we have no prologue to work off of here. There's been no history on this particular thread or topic of, you know, people running while indicted that were once you know previously a president. Um, but let's 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 put some of the, the conventional wisdom out there that at this very early stage of a Republican primary for 2024, in which there are really just two or three declared candidates, um, it's really a polling and a really a moment in which name ID is so critical. And this certainly helps Donald Trump's name ID as if he needed any more help with that. Helps with fundraising. He can generate donations based off this. If he villainizes the prosecution, that'll help him toward his primary campaign. But there is no indication, no reason to believe any of this will help him with his big math problem. His math problem is this. In 2020, he didn't have enough votes. He didn't have enough moderate votes, enough purple state votes, enough votes in states like Arizona, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. There's no indication this will help him with the math problem and get him votes he wouldn't otherwise have. And Scott McFarling, you've been covering the January 6th investigation. That's also part of Jack Smith's uh, special investigation. This seems to be the place where the president might have his most vulnerability. I think for, for two different reasons, because federal grand juries and federal indictments can be more intimidating. The feds have a remarkably high success rate when they file a case of getting a guilty plea or a conviction. They have an army, an almost unlimited army to unleash when they bring a federal prosecution or a federal investigation. It's hard to meet the uh, level of resources of the federal government. But also, that's a crime. Um, the January 6th attack on the Capitol, for which Americans had a visceral reaction. It's one of the most illustrative and photographed crimes in American history. If that grand jury moves, it would be intimidating against anybody against whom the grand jury moves. Scott McFarland, thank you so much for your insight. As always, here on The Voice of St. Louis, have yourself a good weekend, and we appreciate your time, sir. So we don't know the charges here, John, and we'll be waiting like everybody else on Tuesday. But let's honestly, everything we know about Donald Trump, don't you believe it? I mean, I believe everything well, that's being alleged about him. So, yeah, <laughs> the underlying crime here and what's going to be interesting, I think, you know, because we don't know the charges. But the underlying crime here is a campaign finance violation. It was that he paid off the porn star to keep it out of the, the headlines for his campaign. Right. Through uh, his attorney. Through his attorney. Right. And they used, I guess they used company money then to compensate the attorney. Now, if you can make a case that he wanted to keep it quiet because of his marriage, um, which is a plausible reason, mm -hmm. rationale. Uh, I mean, the, the there's a reason why the Federal Election Commission has had this entire fact sure. set for six years and chosen not to do anything with it. Yeah. And... That's that's my thinking. I mean, if you're going to indict a former president, it ought to be over something that has, you know, real consequences on the republic uh, or foreign policy or, you know, a weightiness, a meatiness to it. And it just to me 
in, indicting somebody over paying off a porn star um, just doesn't rise to that level. Well, and, but in fairness, they had to get a grand jury that would agree to the charges, and it sounds like they've agreed to, you know, three, 30 uh, charges plus potentially. Yeah, counts, but that, it, it counts. So, right. you know, the actual... You, you can take one activity, writing a check, and that may have two or three counts associated with it. You, sure. you wrote the check, uh, interstate commerce. Right, well, mail fraud, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Right. Right. So here's the other thing that is interesting to me. I mean, you go back and look at the history of Donald Trump. Even before he became president, before he ever got into politics, he's the guy who made his bones using the legal process to, you know, manipulate the bills that he gets from contractors, uh, constantly suing folks. Uh, he comes into the political world. He starts this very divisive, hate-filled political thing. Remember, it started with lock Hillary up, lock Hillary up. How can anybody be surprised that the very system that he's used to, you know, ascend to where he's at today is now being used against him, especially when he's done nothing but poke these people in the eye? Yeah, and it, look, and Bragg ran for office basically saying he was going to do this. Um and, and he got elected. You know, I do have a concern, we touched on it briefly earlier, that, you know, Alvin Bragg is a partisan Democrat. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of partisan elected prosecutors all over this country, every county in America, and uh, or almost every county in America. And, and some are Democrats and some are Republicans. You know, I worry about... You talk about weaponizing the Justice Department. I mean, think about weaponizing local prosecutors going after political foes. I mean, it's it's um, it's a scary proposition. I mean, nobody nobody wants to have the government coming after them, trying to put them in jail. You know, um, so it, well, it's 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 all, all it's all sad. All it's of this sad. happens as a backdrop as uh, Donald Trump is running for president, which I think was by design. He knew all this was coming at him. He wanted to be a candidate. Yep. Uh, you made the argument today, and I think you're right. This may give him an immediate adrenaline jolt inside of his party, but I think by the time he gets to voting in uh, Iowa and New Hampshire, he may be facing other charges, much more serious charges in other places. Yeah. Is this the shot of adrenaline, or is this essentially, uh, you know, a poison pill? Well, it's a shot of adrenaline in the short term. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I mean, when you've got your political opponents, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Mike Pence, uh, saying that you're being railroaded here in a political prosecution, and it's a, and and you're consuming all the oxygen in the room, which clearly Donald Trump enjoys and is consuming all the oxygen in the room. I mean, that's good. That's good politics in the short run. And, you know, I don't know whether there's going to be a plausible path to indict him over January 6th. I, I think the clearest case that for me uh, is the documents case. I think right. that's the one that potentially uh, bears some real consequence uh, for the former president. Boy, we've got so much to get into today. We're going to recap opening day. Yes. There's a marijuana tax on the ballot that maybe you've heard about. Your tax dollars are paying to educate you about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not happy about that. We may hop into a little bit more of President Trump and other things. Plus, there's changing weather conditions in the area. You're going to want to keep it platoon to KMOX all day as we'll keep you up to date on all the changing weather conditions. We will indeed, and uh, no Cardinal baseball today, but they are back tomorrow afternoon. We'll see you around the corner on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX.